We just ask you to have your way. Speak to us through your word today. Meet us where we're at. Give us ears to hear, not just what we want to hear, but God, what you want us to hear. And help us to apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. All right. Well, as we're continuing to talk about courage, we've been starting out this season looking at the life of Joshua. And I just think his life is such an amazing example of courage. There's so much that we can learn about living a life of courage from the life of Joshua. So we're doing a study for a few weeks here on his life. And last week, we looked at two scenes from his life and learned some lessons that we could apply to our lives. We looked at the battle that he led against the Amalekites. And then we looked at the time when he was one of the 12 spies that went in to spy out the promised land. He and Caleb came back with a great report. Yes, we can do this, but the other 10 spies did not have a great report. They had a very negative report, and their negativity just spread like wildfire throughout all the Israelites, and they got negative and angry and didn't believe God and just refused to believe what God had promised to them. And so as a result, they ended up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. So during that time, I think God was doing some things to prepare Joshua. During that time, all of Joshua's generation died off, except for he and Caleb. They were the only ones whose lives were spared because they were willing to believe God. And so during that time, God did some things in his life, getting him ready for this next scene of his life that we're going to look at today. And so we're going to start in Joshua chapter 1 today. And the Lord is speaking to Joshua here. Now you've got to realize they've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And now Moses has died. And Joshua has a little bit of a mourning time after his death. But now it's time for a new assignment. And so the Lord speaks to him, and he gives him instruction for this new assignment and encouragement. And we're going to read several verses here in Joshua chapter 1. And I just encourage you, if you've got your Bibles, your notebooks, let's take some notes today. Let's learn some lessons here today that we can look back on to really apply them to our lives, okay? But we're going to see here how the Lord communicated with Joshua, intertwining instruction and encouragement. So let's start out in Joshua 1, verse 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. So he starts out giving instruction to Joshua. And then, verse 3, he says, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I said to Moses. Okay, so we gave him instruction. And then he gives him encouragement. He tells him, okay, and I'm going to be with you just 
was with Moses. In every place the sole of your foot treads everywhere you go, I'll be with you. I've given you the land. And then verse 4, he gives them more instruction. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. He gives them more instruction. He's defining the territory that they're going to possess. And then, verse 5, he gives them more encouragement. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. You see how he's giving him instruction and encouragement. And then, continuing on there in verse 6, For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them more instruction. And then verse 7, more encouragement. Only be strong and very courageous. Now more instruction. That you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand nor the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. He gives him more instructions. Don't divert from my word. Don't divert from my instructions. And then, for then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. He's encouraging him. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What a communication example. Instruction, encouragement, instruction, encouragement, instruction, encouragement. Man, if we took on that way of communicating with the people in our lives, wouldn't that be wonderful, powerful, effective to communicate with people with, yes, instruction, but also encouragement with our family members, children, spouse, parents, with team members we might work with, with co-workers. Instruction, encouragement, instruction, encouragement. I love the way the Lord communicates with Joshua. We can learn some good communication lessons right there. But that's a side note. So back to Joshua. Okay. <laughs> you know, maybe during that 40 years in the wilderness, Joshua, he could have gotten a little discouraged, don't you think? I mean, he knew they could possess it. He was one of those 12 spies. He's like, we can do this. But the others didn't believe. So they're wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. He could possibly have gotten a little discouraged when they were there. He surely was a bit devastated by Moses' death. I mean, Moses was his mentor. He lived right under the arm of Moses. He was his assistant. They were so close. Surely he was a bit devastated at Moses' death. He could have thought, oh great, Moses is dead. Now it's never going to happen. You know, I was holding out hope that we'd go into the promised land, but now what? Now he's gone. Is it ever going to happen? Joshua could have been a bit discouraged, but God was pouring fresh courage into his life, into his heart for a new season and a new assignment. But Joshua had a choice. He had to be willing to receive it. He had to be willing to say, okay, God, yes, I'm in. I'll 
do it, whatever you ask. And that's exactly what he did. Joshua rose up with courage and said yes to God. It's amazing to me how quickly he responded to because what do we do when God gives us a new assignment? Oh, well, how's that going to work exactly? Like, what do you mean go over the cross over the Jordan like it's a river and we don't have a boat? Like, what do you mean? Well, well I'll just sit here and wait till a boat shows up. Um, uh, what do you mean? Like, what's going to happen when I get across? And who's going to be there? And, and how do we conquer those lands? And, well, I don't have a strategy in mind. And God, I'm not hearing a, all the details from you. So I'm just going to sit here and wait till I have all the details. Anybody like that? We want to know how it's all going to work out. But Joshua had no clue. And he just immediately responded with courage. And he was in. He said, okay, yes, God, let's do this. Now, I want us to look at the first part of the instruction that the Lord gave to Joshua here in the verses we just read. The first thing he said was, arise, go over the Jordan, you and all the people, to the land that I'm giving you. So how did Joshua go from hearing that instruction to actually standing on the other side of the Jordan River. I want us today to look at this scene of Joshua's life. Now this scene of Joshua's life is made up of lots of little mini scenes because we read about this scene of his life crossing the Jordan from Joshua 1 through Joshua chapter 5. So there's lots of little mini scenes that make up this scene of his life. And so I want us today to look at these mini scenes and learn lessons from them that we can apply to our lives where we live today, okay? So the first thing, it continues on there in Joshua 1. In verse 10, we see the first thing that he did. We're not going to take time to read all of the verses, but it says that he told others. First, he told the leaders of all the people. He said, okay, guys, get ready. We're going to cross the Jordan in three days. Can you imagine their reaction? Uh, huh, what, huh? We've been wandering the wilderness for 40 years. Uh, I've gotten a little sleepy. I've gotten a little um, stagnant, maybe. Uh, but we're talking about Moses is dead. Like, how in the world? And, and all of us crossed the Jordan? Um, do you know how many of us there are? Do you know how many of them? 40,000. It wasn't like, oh, there's four of us. Let's just um, find a piece of wood we can float across on. No, there's 40,000 that needed to cross this river. And so Joshua's telling them, all right, guys, it's time. Three days. Get ready. We're going to cross the Jordan River. Now, another thing you've got to understand about the Jordan, I mean, this is a rushing river. And it tells us that at this time of the year, it was the deepest and its banks were overflowing. They gotta be looking at him like he's crazy, right? So he tells the leaders, and then he tells them, okay, now you go and into the camps and you tell all the people. And while they're doing that, Joshua goes and he finds the three tribes 
that had already inhabited their promised land on that side of the Jordan where they were under Moses' leadership before Moses died. There were three tribes that already inhabited their land. And he says to them, hey guys, hey, remember what Moses told you? He said, okay, I'm giving you your land and a time of rest. But a time is going to come when you're going to need to gear up and put on armor and help your brothers, help those to cross over and inhabit their land so that they too can experience a time of rest. So Joshua is rallying them to help. Okay, it's time to help the others. Okay, everybody, we're going to cross over in three days. Can you imagine how much courage that took to tell others? I mean, it's one thing to know, okay, God says this. Okay, I'm just going to hold it in my heart and see if it happens. But he had to go tell everyone because he had to take them with him. Think about how much courage that took. They could have absolutely thought he was insane. He had fallen off his rocker, been looking at each other like, Joshua is crazy. What in the world is he talking about? And they could have said, there's no way. We're not going. What about the tribes that already inhabit it? What would they be thinking? Hey, we are here. We are in our land. We've built our houses. We're getting all situated and settled. And you know what? We're starting to have each other over for dinner. And we have a busy social calendar now. And we just don't have time for this. We can't do that. He didn't know how anyone was going to respond to him. It's a little scary to speak something out when you don't know how they're going to respond, especially when it's a pretty huge thing. And so let's see how they did respond. In Joshua 1, verse 16, listen to how they actually did respond to him. It says, so they answered Joshua saying, all that you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words in all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. That was their response to Joshua. Not only were they willing, but they responded with total loyalty, devotion, encouragement. They had his back. Why do you think they responded the way they did? I believe they knew that this was not only Joshua's assignment, but this was an assignment on their lives as well, that God was calling them to be part of it. Ladies, whatever God assigns us to do, he does not assign us to do it alone. There's always others that will be connected to it. And we've got to be courageous enough to involve others in whatever God asks us to do. Now, we've got to listen to who he tells us to involve. It's not like, okay, I got an assignment from God. Oh, I'm going to tell the world, oh, this is what's going to happen. No, we've got to be wise women, and we've got to ask him, okay, who do we need to tell? Sometimes it's at first just a select few who we know are going to stand with us in prayer and believe with us as we pray and see how we step into this more fully. But we've got to be will 
to involve others in our lives. And I think it's interesting. I love how he first tells the leaders of the tribes there. He goes to the leaders first. You know, it makes me think about a friend of mine who she felt like God just was tugging on her heart with a new assignment to just really reach out to people who were going through a difficult time in their area where she lived. And, you know, to be able to provide food and clothing and furnishings and all kinds of things to them. And God's speaking to her heart, giving her this assignment, and she's just praying over this. And then she goes and she takes it to the leaders in her church. And you know what? This vision was just right in line with the vision of the church. And they were excited, thinking this will enable us to do even more ministry, to reach even more people. And so they began to start this outreach to their community. It provided ways for others to get involved. There were, they discovered there were so many others in the church who had a heart to reach out to the community, but there wasn't an outlet for that. So now her courage to listen to God's assignment, to go to tell the leaders, put this into motion, started a ministry where hundreds of other volunteers are now part of helping people in their community. Now they've got warehouses and thrift stores. They've got their local government agencies contacting them to help to provide beds, to provide refrigerators in situations where CPS is looking at going and having to remove children from homes because they don't have beds, they don't have refrigerators. But she was willing to rise up and say, yes, God, I'll do it. And she talked to others and was courageous enough to let others be involved in it as well. We've got to recognize that when God has an assignment for us, he doesn't just call us to it all by ourselves. There will always be others connected to it. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, well, you know, right now, my assignment is just, I know I need to deal with the situation. I need to forgive. I need to forgive someone. So that doesn't really include others. Well, first of all, it will greatly impact that person that you need to forgive. But you know, sometimes we need to have a godly woman, a friend that's a prayer partner who will just stand with us and say, hey, just pray for me. Pray for me that I'll have the right words at the right time, that their heart will be open to hear and will receive that. But you know, we also are never called to do anything all by ourselves. Because the Bible says that we have been given the Holy Spirit as our helper. And we always need to call on him to help us. And he does. It's so amazing. He helps us in every single situation. Ladies, we need to be courageous enough to let others, whoever it is in our given situation, involved in what God's assigning us to do. Amen? All right, the next little scene here in Joshua's life as he goes to cross the Jordan. The next thing he does is he sends two spies into the land. Okay, now think about this for a minute. Remember what, what happened last time when spies were sent into the land, spied out? 
mean, he was one of them. But 10 of them came back with such negative reports that it spread such incredible negativity through the people, and they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years as a result because they refused to believe God. Like, I'd be thinking, okay, at all costs, I will do anything but not send spies <laughs> into the land because, you know, I don't want to happen what happened last time. You see, Joshua knew that he had to utilize wisdom. You don't just go in to new territory to conquer new territory blindly. You had to see what was there, and it was wisdom to send spies in. But man, that would have had to take courage, don't you think, based on what happened last time? But he wisely chose his spies. He sent in two, and one of them was Caleb, the other one who went in with him 40 years prior, who came back with a good report also. So he knew he was sending in one for sure that was a man of courage. You know, ladies, when God gives us an assignment, there will be things we need to do that are complete steps of faith. But then there are also things that are steps of wisdom. We need to walk out wisdom. We need to see what God says to do. His word is full of wisdom for every situation of life that we encounter. And we need to practically take steps of wisdom for ourselves as well. But you know, regardless of what it is, whether it's just a step of complete faith or whether it's a step of wisdom, they both take courage. And we need to be willing to do them both. And then, as the spies went in, they could have easily been killed. There, there were people after them, trying to kill them, trying to find them. But God chose to protect them by Rahab, the harlot, a prostitute. Wow. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I tend to want to figure things out for God. And so if he gives me an assignment, I'm like, okay, so God, it's probably going to work out like this, and then I'll say yes, and then I'll do it, and then this will happen, and this will happen, and then, yeah, you'll probably use that person because they're there, and they're influential, and I can see how that would work out. Okay, God. And God just says, hello, I've got another way of doing this, and he uses the most unlikely sources and people that we might expect. We don't need to figure it out for God. He is very capable all on his own. We need to just be willing to do our part, and we can always be assured that he will do his part, and probably in ways that we never even imagined. All right, one other little lesson that I want us to see about this particular mini scene of sending the spies in to spy out the land. When the spies were there being hidden by Rahab, you know what she tells them? She says, hey, I know that God has given you this land and terror has fallen on the people of this land. We're all faint-hearted because of you, because we heard how the Lord dried up the Red Sea. Now, Drying up the Red Sea, that was like before the 40 years in the wilderness, before the 12 spies went in. She says, we've heard about that, and we've heard about the victories that you had on the other side of the Jordan. Okay, so just a little side note for a minute. Remember, 
10 of the 12 spies that went in 40 years earlier, they came back and they said, oh no, we're, we're grasshoppers in their sight. They see us as grasshoppers. No, they didn't. They were afraid of them. We've got to be really careful because how we see ourselves is how we think other people see us. So, back, to, back on track. <laughs> so, she tells them, we were all afraid. And then, in chapter 2, verse 11, she says, And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God, in heaven above and on earth beneath. When we step out in courage, it sucks the courage right out of our enemies. Did you know that? Who's our enemy? The word says that we battle not against flesh and blood. It's not other people, but against principalities and powers. There is a very real devil. He is our enemy. That is who we fight against. But ladies, I believe that when we choose to rise up and live courageous lives and see victory after victory in our lives, being willing to live a lifestyle of courage where we say, okay, today I am going to be courageous to push through fear. Today I'm going to be courageous to push through my insecurities. I'm going to be courageous to break through addictions. I'm going to be courageous to let God use me today to share my story, to share my faith with someone else. I'm going to choose to be courageous today and push through bad attitudes, push through negative thinking, whatever it may be to push through unforgiveness. Every time we do that, you know what I think happens? We suck the courage right out of the enemy because he's going to look at us and say, whoa, I'm not going to mess with her anymore because she continually rises up with courage and pushes through and she chooses to believe God and walk courageously with him every day. We've got to recognize how powerful it is to start living lives of courage and refusing to shrink back. All right, third little mini scene. Here we see in chapter 3. Now here they are about to cross the Jordan, and before they go, in verse 5 of chapter 3, Joshua says to the people, Sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. That word sanctify, it literally means to make clean, to purify, to dedicate, to consecrate. He's saying, okay guys, this is what's going to happen. We're going to cross the Jordan. But none of us can show up at that river's edge with doubt in our hearts. We've got to be so full of faith. None of us can arrive on the scene being cynical, saying, well, let's just see if God's really going to do this. We've got to purify our hearts. We've got to get everything out of us that would stand in the way. We've got to get all doubt out of our hearts, everything that would prevent us from seeing the miraculous work of God in this situation. We've got to purify, sanctify our hearts so that when we come to that water's edge, we are coming full of faith, fully believing that he will do the miraculous. 
ladies, on a regular basis in our lives, we need to come before God and just stop and sanctify our hearts. Say, okay, God, in this day, today, I choose to just get everything else out of the way. I choose to believe you fully. I choose to show up for this day full of faith, ready to see you do the miraculous in me and through me and in the lives of those around us. You know, as we began this new season of Chick Connection this fall, I cannot tell you the anticipation in my heart and that is still there for what God wants to do in women's lives throughout this season. As we rise up with courage, say yes to the God assignments on our lives and step out in those things. But I felt in, as we were preparing to start this new season that God was just asking me just to stop, to sanctify my heart, to make sure my heart was ready, pure, clean, ready for all that he wanted to do. And as I did that, I felt like he was also saying, call the leadership team of those that help lead this Chick Connection together. And we gathered here on a Saturday morning, and in this auditorium, we prayed. We prayed together. We prayed for all of you. We prayed for all that God wants to do in your lives. But we each took time to stop and sanctify our hearts. Say, okay, God, we're dedicating ourselves afresh, consecrating ourselves to you. We don't want anything in the way. We don't want any doubt, any, any lack of belief in the way. Because, God, we are anticipating you to do the miraculous in women's lives in this season. Ladies, we all need to be doing that on a regular basis. Whatever God has called us to do, whatever the new assignment is for the day, we need to say, okay, God, I'm going to show up with a pure heart, ready, expecting the miraculous. Amen? Okay, the next little mini scene here is that Joshua gets up before the people and makes an announcement in Joshua 3.13. He says, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, the waters that come down from upstream, and they shall stand as a heap. Wow, what courage. I mean, this is not a regular occurrence. Joshua was leading a generation who was not there to see the parting of the waters of the Red Sea. This was like unthinkable to them. Like, think about it like this. What if God said to you, now go down to the beach and you're going to walk across to Catalina on dry ground? Wow. Really, God? Huh. Okay. What courage this took. I mean, Joshua's standing before them saying, okay, as soon as the priests get their feet in the water, the waters are going to stand up like walls of water, and we're going to cross on dry ground. Man, what courage, what faith. He fully believed what God had said. And then it tells us, that it happened just as he said, and 40,000 people crossed over the Jordan River. Wow, it never 
ever would have happened without them stepping into the water, without them stepping out with courage. Think about the courage that that took. It would not have happened if they just sat on the riverbanks. What would we do? If that was us in the Catalina scenario, okay, God, well, I, I'm just going to sit on the sand here, and, and um, when you part the waters, then we'll go, right? <laughs> now, are you telling me that you're all super courageous, and you'd be like, no, I'd be there saying, come on, we're doing this. Awesome, but I think very many of us would be sitting on the sand saying, okay, God, part of any time now. We'll go as soon as you make the water stand up like walls of water. But it never, ever would have happened if they had sat on the river banks. Ladies, there are miracles waiting to happen in your lives. There's miracles waiting to happen in my life. There are miracles just waiting to happen, but they require us to step out with courage. They require us to get our feet wet, to step into the water. What miracles might be waiting in your life? I can't tell you how many times I've seen miracles happen as a result of somebody being willing to step out. How many times I've seen relationships restored because someone was willing to be the courageous one and say, I'll forgive. I'll let go of it. I'll forget. I'll let the offense slide off. When we step out with courage, it opens the door for God to do the miraculous. When I was young, I was terrified to try out for anything, to audition for anything. That just terrified me. And my friends were involved in all different things in school. They said, come on, do this with us. It's going to be great. No, no. And I was terrified to try out. But then, later in life, I thought, man, I missed out on a whole lot of stuff because fear held me back. And I do not want to get to the end of my life and look back and say, God, what miracles could have happened if I only would have stepped out? And I know that you don't want to get to the end of your life either and wonder what miracles could have happened. Ladies, God is calling us to be women who will rise up with courage and be willing to step into the waters and see God do the miraculous in our lives. All right, next thing I want us to see in this scene of Joshua's life, in chapter 4, we see that the Lord told them as they're crossing the Jordan, I mean, can you imagine this took some time for 40,000 people to cross, and he tells them to have one from each of the tribes get a big stone from the dry ground of the Jordan, 
and carry it to the other side where they're later going to build a monument, a memorial of the miracle that God had done there so that all the future generations would know his power and to know what he had done. Ladies, courage leaves a legacy. Do you know legacy is so important to God? So, so important to God. You know why? Because the future generations are so important to God. Your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, the generations to come, they are so important to God. And he's saying, will you rise up with courage so that you can leave a godly legacy for them, so that they will be able to look back, that they will share your stories throughout all the generations and see the power of God at work. It's so important to him. What kind of legacy are we leaving to our family, to the future generations? What kind of legacy has been left to you? I can't tell you how many times I hear women say, man, I just wish my mom would have battled fear, would have overcome fear in her life. She was always fearful, and, and it's just got me so fearful, and it's just so hard to break out of. I hear women say, man, my family has just always been so negative, so critical. That's the legacy I had. That's the example I had. And so that's how I've become, and I don't want to be that way. I want to break out of it. It's just hard. Ladies, we've got to realize how important our legacy is. God wants us to be courageous to leave a godly legacy for generations to come. What's the generation, I mean, what's the legacy he wants you to leave for the coming generations behind you? Are there any adjustments that need to be made in the way you're living in order to leave that legacy for them? A good question for us to ponder. He's calling all of us to leave a godly legacy to the generations who will follow us. It's time to start living lives of courage. Let's look at the next quick scene here. Once they had all crossed over the Jordan, in, verse, in chapter 4, in verse 14, it says, On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, for they feared him. It literally means they had great reverence and respect for him as they had feared Moses all the days of his life. You see, once they had crossed, they all saw God's hand on Joshua's life. So often, we go through life wanting someone to recognize us, wanting credibility, wanting people to see God's hand on our life, promoting ourselves, trying to make a name for ourselves, seeking after a title or a position. But we've got to learn that if we just live courageously, if we just courageously walk out the things that God asks of us each day, 
with pure hearts and pure motives that it's God who recognizes that. And that is what is most important. Courage brings God's recognition. Next thing I want us to see is in Joshua 5. In verse 1, it says, So it was when all the kings of the Amorites who were on the west side of the Jordan and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until we had crossed over, that their heart melted and there was no spirit in them any longer because of the children of Israel. Wow. It doesn't say because of the courage of Joshua. Did you notice that? It says because of the courage of Israel. The thing I want us to see here is that courage is contagious. Together, we are stronger. When we rise up with courage, it will rub off on those around us. And ladies, there are people around you in your sphere of influence, in your world where you live day to day, that need to catch some courage from you. If we're willing to rise up, it will rub off on others and make an impact in our world greater than we could ever make on our own. One more thing I want us to see here. The children of Israel camped in Gilgal, and in chapter 5, verse 11, it says that they ate of the produce of the land on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day. Then the manna ceased. They'd been eating manna up to this point. The manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land. And the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. All they had had all this time was just manna, the same thing every day. And now they had the food of the land. There was great provision for them. Maybe there's an area of your life that you're believing God for greater provision. Courage will take us into a place of greater provision. Provision is on the other side of our courage to just obey God. God's word is full of promises to us. He tells us that he'll take care of our every need. But he also gives us instruction. He encourages us with promises, and he gives us instructions on how to walk out. He, he gives us instructions on how to uh, handle our finances. And he tells us if we would just bring the tithe, the first tenth, and the offerings, into his storehouse, that he'll open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings beyond what we can contain. That's a promise in his word. It's instruction and promise. But it takes courage to believe that. It takes courage to start walking that out. I'll never forget a time I talked to a woman, and she was just going through some real difficult financial challenges. She was a single mom, and, and every month, it was just challenge after challenge. Every month, she was asking people around her for help and financial support, and one day, I was having a conversation with her, and I just asked her, I said, can I ask you a personal question? I said, you know, God's word is true, and he has promises for us, but he also has instruction. Can I ask you, are you tithing? And she said, 
Absolutely. I always tithe. I pay all my bills, and then I take care of everything my son needs for school, and then if he needs any new clothes or shoes, I take care of all of that. And then if there's anything left over, I always give something to God. And I had to explain to her that that's not tithing. Tithing is when we bring the first tenth of all of our increase, our income, and give that to God. And then we do that by faith. It takes courage to do that. And then he promises that he will take care of everything else. And I have seen it time and time again in my own life. When there were seasons of life, it did not add up on paper. I thought there was no possible way. But God, I'm just doing this in faith and obedience because that's what your word says to do. And then every need was met. And I'm sitting there thinking, God, I don't know how you did that. But I know that there is provision on the other side of courage to obey God, just as they saw provision, greater provision, after they obeyed God and crossed the Jordan. I think I said that was the last thing, but where's one more? <laughs> this is the last thing, in Joshua 5, 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or are you for our adversaries? So he said, No, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? The commander of the Lord's army appears to Joshua. Wow. He was there to give him instruction for his next assignment, which we'll be talking about more next week. But what I want us to see today is that when we courageously walk out one assignment that God has for us, that's when he has the next one waiting. When we courageously walk out the assignment he's telling us to do today, it sets us up for the next assignment he has for us. Ladies, God has continual, daily assignments for each and every one of us. And when we fulfill one, the next one is waiting. And maybe you're here and you're thinking, Man, I, I don't know. I don't feel like God's speaking anything to me. I don't know what he's saying. I don't know what my assignment is today. Well, stop and think back at the last thing he asked you to do. Have you done it yet? Maybe he's waiting for you to do that one before he gives you the next one. He has assignments for each and every one of us every day. He wants to use us every day of our lives. I want to pray for you this morning. Would you just bow your heads, close your eyes just right where you're at. Father, I'm so thankful for your word. Your word, which is truth and life and encouragement to us, God. And Father, I thank you that we can learn from your word and apply these truths to our lives today. And Father, I just pray that, that you just speak to each and every woman here today. And Father, maybe there's some that they're saying, God, I don't know what you have for me today.
God, I pray that they would just hear simply from your heart that little whisper on the inside today of whatever it is. Maybe it's, maybe it's to share with someone. Maybe it's to take someone to lunch and encourage them. Maybe it's to forgive. Maybe it's to step out in a, a new endeavor that you're calling them into. God, maybe they need a reminder of the last thing you told them. God, may that just rise up in their hearts right now. May they hear from you and courageously respond quickly to step into that. And Father, I just especially pray today that we would be women who would recognize the importance of living life courageously with you because we want to leave a godly legacy for the generations that follow us. Father, I pray that your spirit would just speak to every one of us and help us to see the legacy you want us to leave. Show us what adjustments we need to make in our lives, in the way we're currently living, so that at the end of our life, we will have left a legacy that declares your power your glory to generations to come, God. Speak to every heart in this place, God, and help us to be women that will follow what you direct us to do wholeheartedly. In Jesus' name.